while Guy was sat like downstairs chatting to the estate agents, I was up on my own. I was sat in the, what's our bedroom now, yeah. and I was just sat on the bed that was in there at the time, and I was like, this is my Alejandro, yeah. I know it is, it's my yeah. house. Ever felt like you're just winging your way through life, hoping you'll find the answers to life's important issues along the way? Hey, I'm Gabby Mendez, and this is my brand new podcast, Talk Twenties. On this podcast, I'll be chatting to my friends and fellow 20-somethings on different topics that matter to you in your 20s. So if you're ready, let's go. So hello and welcome to the Talk 20s podcast. Today I'm chatting to Alicia Murphy. Um, Alicia is a 26-year-old marketing manager from Liverpool who also runs the Instagram account Emerald Terrace based on her passion for home decor. She's here today to chat with us about saving for a house, the process of buying and being a homeowner. And we're also coming to you from Emerald Terrace and this is the first time the podcast has gone on. <laughs> oh, woo! So thanks for joining us, Alicia. Thank you. Um, so yeah, did you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, about Emerald Terrace and, and what you do? Yeah, I think you've covered it really. I think the Emerald Terrace idea came about because for years now I'd want to do a blog or do something sort of different on the site. But I feel like everyone's blogging at the moment and doing all these Instagram accounts. So I wanted to wait until I had something I really wanted to talk about. And I've always been into interior design, really. But when we moved in here, I was like, wow, I really can do whatever I want. Like, I can yeah. paint any colour that I want. Like, you will know yourself from renting. You can't yeah. do much. You can put a nice plant up in a picture. But it was so much fun to be like, I can paint it anything that I want. Mm-hmm. I can buy any furniture. I can do any sort of construction work that I want or that I can, really. And from there, I thought, well, hang on. I'm just going to go mad with it and I might as well and you know Guy my husband he's very similar to me in terms of our tastes and we were like well we've got no kids we've got like this is our first home let's go a bit crazy so I think our interiors probably definitely reflect that we like love all the colourful things Mm -hmm. and you know it's gorgeous I absolutely love it I mean (laughs) I've wanted to visit for ages because I've seen it all on Instagram so I'm really excited to be here today but I think we're doing something right because there's lots that we've got in the house that my mum was like oh god that's a bit much so (laughs) I think I know it's cool then so uh, yeah that's it really I've been running the account for about 15 months now Uh, it's carried on growing which is great I've been lucky enough to work with some amazing brands and it's just really fun to do something creative you know and have a play with it really definitely and I think having the account as well encourages me to keep going with the reno and to keep it tidy enough for pictures so yeah <laughs> that's a win-win absolutely I mean if you spend your weekends taking pictures and things that means you've got a tidy yeah up exactly the I mean when I'm going like I think oh god I cannot do this but you know <laughs> it's, it's better to relax in a yeah. tidy space at the end of it all yeah no definitely so um we're here to to chat today a little bit about other people who might be looking to buy a house mm-hmm. um or considering starting saving for a house um, so if we chat first about saving for a house, um, knowing where to start and that sort of thing. So first of all, who did you buy your home with um, as in person and um, and what were your living arrangements before you um, bought your house? Yeah, so I bought the house with my husband who was then my fiancé guy. Um, before we moved in here, we'd lived in a flat in town on Colquitt Street in Liverpool for about two and a half years and I absolutely loved it. Um, we were sort of out every weekend, going for dinner every night, like mm. having a great time. And then I think it was a bit getting older. It was like we were 
more enjoying like staying in on a Saturday and watching yeah, a film and definitely. every time we plan like a lovely cozy night the flat next door will be having a party and it's sort of a couple of things that happens I think it just felt like the right time we sat down one day and said yeah. right we want to we want we want to buy a house basically yeah. we want to move and obviously living in town where there it's obviously quite costly to live in town as well yeah. so were you perhaps considering like moving out a little bit further saving costs yeah or? definitely well we thought about all these things really um I think for me when I get an idea in my head I need to do it like yeah. yesterday and so I came home one day and I was like to guy, right, we're going home, we're living with our mum's dad for a bit and saving. And he was like, we're absolutely not doing that. Like, he's like, I'd rather wait here for another two years. Yeah. And he's right, well, he was right at the end at the end of the day. But um, we were lucky enough that our rent wasn't so bad, but definitely it is, you know, 600, 650 a month. Yeah. I can't remember that you think you could be putting towards your savings. Yeah. But or I, towards a house mortgage that you're eventually going to yeah, end up being yours. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But living in town actually for us saves us a lot of money. We both worked really yeah. close. Yeah. So we'd saved a load on transport um, and all these things. So it just, yeah, I think it is hard. But when you've got an idea in your head, I think you can just just go for it, really. So that's how it all started for us. So when you knew that you wanted to move into into a house, how did you go about getting the funds together in order to be able to put down a deposit? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts a lot before then, really, because I was very naive might be the word in terms of what I thought buying a house would look like yeah in my head it was we need to get x amount of money for a 10% deposit mm-hmm. and it was guy who sat me down and said no what you're not understanding is the more the house costs the more your mortgage payments yeah. are and you know 50,000 pounds on a house value is the difference between a 400 pound mortgage and an 800 pounds a month mortgage yeah. in some cases so that was a real education for me that's something I never ever thought about yeah we started looking I was determined to live in Egbeth and off Lark Lane I loved all the terraced houses there yeah and we viewed about 10 or 15 and mm. we, we just couldn't afford them mm. um so that was sort of like we had to take a step back and think about what else we wanted to do then we looked at all the um are they called help to buy when it's it's on the new builds and I think the is it shared ownership no actually no. you've just reminded me go yeah. back again before all of this started yeah. we were living in town we were loving living in town we wanted to own a property and we did look for about four months at like shared ownership yeah. apartments in town um but i do remember calling a bank actually it must have been that west on a lunch break one day on a whim and just saying to the woman on the phone who was dealing with mortgages like yeah. i'm at the very very bottom of the ladder don't know what to do next mm. there's all these schemes all these savings accounts what do you think that I should do and she said to me listen she said if I was you if you can just get a normal mortgage yeah get a normal mortgage it's yeah. worth the wait because all these shared ownerships and these help to buy schemes for the government sort of mm-hmm. lend you a chunk it's all great on paper it gets you on the ladder yeah but when it gets past that first step it, it can be a nightmare you know shared ownership properties are so difficult to sell sometimes yeah. um obviously with the help to buy properties you might be lending twenty percent of your your home price, but mm-hmm. you've got to pay that back at the yeah. end of the five years. So sometimes you can end up, you know, in a worse position than you started. And she said to me, "Just go down the normal mortgage route," which obviously I was a bit like, "Oh," because it meant saving and waiting for longer. A bit but longer, yeah. Yeah. So we'd looked around Lockley, couldn't afford it, wasn't in our budget, um, and then we started to branch out and, and look elsewhere. And we're in West Derby now. Mm-hmm. We'd viewed about ten or fifteen houses here, and we found this one, mm-hmm. and and that was much more affordable. We were in a similar position actually. So um, we bought a house, but it was pretty much an entire renovation. Mm -hmm. So um, we looked at quite a few. We actually started looking at new builds as well. I'll probably chat a bit more about that later on. But we we started looking at a number of properties. We maybe viewed like eight 
eight um, or nine, um, we really fell in love with one and we put an offer in and it didn't get accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, and someone else kind of beat us to it um, and their offer got accepted we didn't have a mortgage in principle they did that kind of whole argument mm -hmm. um, and and maybe we were like really really disheartened about it we really thought we had it um, and the uh, estate agents weren't really upfront with us about it so they kind of led, led us on in such a way so we were kind of really gutted when we didn't find that one um, and then we viewed a property on a road um, that we were like oh this is a really great location really like mm. it here the kitchen had only recently been done the bathroom had only recently done but it wasn't to our taste mm. but we loved the location and then a couple of weeks later um a property on the same road came up but it was a complete renovation project mm. literally needed gutting Everything. nothing like we have a bathroom that was done by the council for like a wet room because she was disabled oh, she'd wow. been in the property for like 45 yeah. years the previous owner so she'd lived there for a really long time and they wanted to keep her in her home. So the council had done up her bathroom, the wet room, still not to our taste, but it was yeah. the one room that is kind of like the newest that had been done, but the rest of it was complete renovation yeah. projects. So we saw it like there was a window that didn't even have glass in it and like, you know, <laughs> like big like stuff that we needed to do. Mm. Um, but structurally, like once we did the home buyer's report, everything was there and it was all like sound and everything. So um we were like, we want to go for it. And we negotiated down, you know, we were really, really pleased that we'd found something that, you know, we could work with better yeah. um, for, you know, 20, 20,000 pound less. And so that's saving us so much more on mortgage payments each oh, month. Yeah, definitely. And we actually are not knocking out stuff that's pretty decent. We're knocking out stuff that, you know, can go. Yeah, and like thing. you say, so, you've got the means then to make it completely your taste, exactly. which is, you know, the main thing, I think, yeah. for me, definitely. Totally. So what did you end up um, putting down on your house and, and how did did you know when you had enough money to kind of afford this yeah. house? Well, I mean, it was interesting for us because we didn't sit down and say, right, we need mm. £10,000 or we need this. It was yeah. it was done sort of, it felt like it was on a whim. It still took about five months, all, all told. Yeah. But we'd basically, like I say, we'd made the decision that we wanted to move. We'd looked into shared ownership. It wasn't for us. We'd looked into help to buy. It wasn't for us. Mm -hmm. Looked around Lockleen, couldn't afford it, and then found or at this area we saw which we really really liked mm. so we had a bit of savings guy had about three thousand pounds in his savings account i as usual has absolutely nothing <laughs> but at this point we were engaged um so this is the august of 2018 we were looking we get married in october 2019 and our parents had said to us you know we'll give you a bit of money towards the wedding and help you out so i got the idea and we had that they could give us the money now yeah and then we could save to sort of replenish the wedding funds yeah. while we were in the house um, which my mum and dad were a bit like oh I don't know and I was like please I really want to pay it towards a mortgage yeah. and and in the end it worked out I mean don't get me wrong that still wasn't like easy street from then we still yeah. did not have enough money at all so um, we went to see a mortgage broker on recommendation of Guy's friends who's an estate agent and just said listen this is where we're at we've got this much saved it wasn't 10% of what we were looking for by any stretch Um. And we said, what can we do? At what point do you reckon we can come back and talk to you? What, yeah. like, what, what, how much do we need to come back and have the conversation? Yeah. And he was like, well, you don't need 10% deposit, you know. And we yeah. were like, what? You know, yeah. no one tells us these things. He said, we can lend with anything from 5%, you mm. know, 6 7 8%, whatever. We can make it work. The only thing is, is, is you would need to have, like, a perfect credit score for us to yeah. prove you. Guy did have that 
Mine wasn't awful, but it wasn't amazing. Yeah. So we were sort of a bit disheartened, and he had said, listen, I'll look into it, but what you've got, get the mortgage in principle online, which obviously you'll know is, it takes about 10 minutes. I couldn't yeah. believe how easy it was. I know. Just Google mortgage principle with any bank, get that sorted. Come back to me with your affordability, because obviously that mortgage in principle calculator will figure out how much he earns, how much yeah. I earn, what our outgoings are, and what we can feasibly pay back every month, and give yeah. us a lending figure based yeah. on that. Um, so we went back and he said you probably could do the 5% mortgage but it won't be with a high street bank you pro- they probably don't want to lend to you but there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of mortgage lenders out there that you don't even realise exist yeah. and they want they want to lend to you so leave of your course. details with me um, you know at this point we had to hand over like our bank statements uh, pay slips salary information and everything like that and he said I'll look into it and come back to you I took a few days and I was panicking, so I was literally phoning the guy like every hour. <laughs> Any news? And he was like, I will call you. And I just said, oh, listen, I'm just really nervous. I've got my hopes up and I just yeah. want to know, realistically, can this work yeah. with 5% deposit? And he said, listen, you need to realise that a mortgage isn't doing you a favour. A mortgage is a business. And anyone who lends you, you know, 130 grand is yeah. making serious money back off you. Yeah. So these people are actually looking for any reason to lend to you that they can within mm-hmm. their terms. Yeah. Um, we've just had our yearly statement back and for the first couple of years you pay obviously so much more in interest than you do on repayments I think we've paid about six grand off off our mortgage this year and over four thousand of that was interest alone yeah so you've got to Ours think is similar yeah, after six months yeah from a mortgage lender's perspective they, they want you to to, to yeah. lend that money with them so he just said you give me the reassurance then that honestly like it will work someone will want to do it mm-hmm. of these hundreds of, of people out there and we ended up going with a bank called Nottinghamshire, which I have never heard of before. I don't mm-hmm. know if you will have heard of them. Um, and, and they've been our mortgage lenders since. And, yeah. you know, they've been brilliant. But they're not on the high street. And there's there's so many options out there. So yeah. um, I've had a few people ask me sort of separately, shall I go for a broker? Shall I go yeah. for a high street bank? Um, it is a bit of extra money. I think ours cost about 500 quid, which is a big expense when you're saving for a yeah. house. But it was so worth it for us because, again not only does he help you find or he or she help you find you know a mortgage that's right for you but they can also negotiate a really mm-hmm. good rate yeah. and help you work out whether you want to go on a fixed yeah. rate whether you want to sort of go on a two-year you know rate mm-hmm. um so while it was a big chunk at the time and i was a bit like oh we could probably do it ourselves online in hindsight it's something i would definitely say yeah to anyone in the same boat especially if you're i think it's better to speak to someone so we didn't use we did have a meeting with a mortgage broker but didn't end up using them um but i think first ours is with santander and the most important thing was that we wanted to sit down with someone who face to face face to face who solely did mortgages yeah and i think if we hadn't had that option we wouldn't have felt comfortable doing it online yeah absolutely. i think the most important thing is you speak to someone it's because no one tells you what, what no. on earth you do and do they no. so you go into the whole process blind and i think that's why i was probably ringing the broker every mm-hmm. every day like what's going on because nobody else had told me do you know um but i think as well the broker thing is probably much more important if you're not the standard case from if you're not just 10% deposit and go you know if you're if you want to do it a bit less yeah. you want to do it a bit differently then you know you can advise and again mortgage terms 25 years 35 years exactly yeah you like walk into these meetings and you're like what like what I don't does even, it even mean yeah. but having someone like you say face to face break it down for you and I think more importantly in the stressful process reassure you mm-hmm. is is prices at the end of the day yeah no definitely so if we move on to kind of the process of buying, I know we've covered some of the bits there in terms of the steps that you needed to take. Um, what was your checklist for buying a house? Walking wardrobe, swimming pool, obviously <laughs> out the window, but, um, but I yeah, I mean... I walking wardrobe, actually. Yeah, but, yeah me too. Unfortunately not. <laughs> um, for us, 
I, we'd, like I say, we'd looked at the new builds and I think I was attracted to them because it was an easy option to sort of just move in. Yeah. But I really love a period home. Yeah. Um, I wanted features, like I love alcoves yeah. and picture rails and anything that's sort of like old and that you can have, you know, a lot of fun with. So I think that was the main thing for me, really, features. Yeah, something so like that. So in our house, we've got um, behind you the gorgeous brick walls that yeah, expose brick. I love them. So they were, they were already in the house. And I think, to be honest, they were probably what sold it to me. Like, I love something yeah. a bit different. Uh, so that was my sort of main thing, really. Mm-hmm. I was quite flexible in terms of, you know, we'd said three bedrooms, but, yeah, flexible in terms of anything else like that, really. I think moving from a rental flat anything was an improvement for us really yeah uh, i'm so so glad that we've got a yard and an outside space now yeah. especially if we're going to be on lockdown uh, yeah but that's made, yeah <laughs> that i'm the sense. same like for me it was a garden so we lived in a top floor flat um and we had one main living room kitchen area one bedroom mm-hmm. one bathroom and a corridor um and that was literally it no natural light pretty much at all yeah. the windows were absolutely tiny because we were right at the top um, and basically in the roof. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, when it came to summer, and we had that really, really hot summer, I was like, it came to that that kind of time of year, and I was like, Dan, I just can't cope with this anymore. Yeah. Like, I need some kind of outdoor space. Well, so. ours was, we just went mad with, like, because every night that you'd finish work, it'd be lovely, and yeah. we'd be like, we're going to have to go for tea outside. We're going to have to go to the pub. So be, yeah, literally, so we'd <laughs> literally. be spending a couple of hundred quid a week, yeah. just going to sit outside to eat, and yeah. just, like, just to get out and do anything. Mm-hmm. In the end... I think we got to a point where we were going to Tesco after work, making a picnic and going to sit on Shavaz Park. Yeah. And I said to God, this is tragic, I can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> I want to put a bikini on and something. Exactly, so. yeah. Yeah. And we had like communal garden area, but you couldn't obviously go like in your bikini yeah, and stuff no, like we that. Didn't even you, shared, that. you shared that with other people and it was like still like miles away from my actual front door. Yeah. Um, I'd have to lock my front door and everything just to, to just go out. out. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't just pop out. It wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable. So I think for me definitely having some outdoor space was really important and then and then projects as well so was this the first house that you ended up putting an offer in for that you actually like I know you said you viewed a lot was yeah. this the first one that you kind of went for yeah this was actually yeah. um like I say we I'm very much sort of heart overhead so every house we looked at I was like guy this is it this is the one and every <laughs> single house we looked at I was like it's not. It's, yeah. You can see it's falling apart. And he was right, but like I just get Didn't like want I, say, to believe him. <laughs> I just get so excited about stuff and I just like like I say I wanted it and I wanted it now and I would have settled for anything. I'm glad I didn't. It sounds so cringy. I don't know if you had the same with your current house, but when we came through this one, I just as just soon know. as I come in, I knew it was yeah. my house. And while Guy was sat like downstairs chatting to the estate agents, I was up on my own and I was sat in the what's our bedroom now. Yeah. And I was just sat on the bed that was in there at the time and I was like, This is my like, house. Yeah. I know it is, it's my yeah. house. And um, that was it. So that was the Thursday night that we come to view this house. Yeah. Guy went on holiday um, on the Friday with his mates. So I was on my yeah. own, sort of dealing with it all. And he was like, we'll wait till I get back and sort it. We'll wait, we'll wait. He's very sensible. And he was leaving for like at the airport at six o'clock on the Friday morning. Yeah. And he was like, as soon as you get to work, ring and put the offer in. Mm-hmm. Ours was similar. Like as soon as we walked into the house, we just knew. Um, we were actually going to Ibiza the next day, us too. And maybe uh, it's good to view a house before yeah, holiday. Yeah, maybe it's good to view before <laughs> holiday because it forces you into a decision. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, we like we went and looked, and and it was just. Oh, that was the other thing. It hadn't been put on right move yet, and our estate agent called us to let us know that it was gonna go on right move. Okay. So there was one thing that I, if there's one thing that I would suggest, it's like get your name down on the books for estate agents yeah. and let them know that you are like 
looking to buy in this area at this budget yeah yeah. at this budget let them know what you're looking for because they'll call ahead of time because they want a quick sale Um, so we went to view it we were the first person to go and view it um, and we put an offer in that was 10 grand less than the asking price Um, and eventually they were like if you can go like yeah a bit higher we'll accept accept the offer because obviously this old lady had passed away and um, it was her children that were selling the the property Um, and they met us and they wanted it to go to like another young couple like well we're not a family yet we like one family, day you know, yeah, yeah like you know that's what we're hoping for and so they wanted it to be a family home and they didn't just want people to buy up you know to do flip a flip house, and, yeah. and sell it so they I think it mattered that like they met us and they got to know us I think that helped us be accepted yeah. um but yeah I was similar when I walked through the house even though it was like old and needed like lots of work done to it we could just tell that it had it was like something. our space and mm. it just had a little like something about it and we were just like yeah like that's the one um, which we even the one that we put an offer on previously, I didn't get that same. There was yeah. just something that was like this just don't feel quite yeah, right. It's about funny it. how it works. I think it? it was actually that it was number thirteen, and I'm totally superstitious. Oh <laughs> so I was like, I can't live in a house that's number thirteen, and that was just really getting to me so way more than I lucky thought. Number. Is my it lucky birthday. for you? Yeah. It's, it's unlucky for me. <laughs> so I was like, I can't live in a house. So then this one just felt just felt really right. right, and then yeah, we were really lucky and pleased to to be accepted. So it all worked out in the end. But yeah. Um, how did you find like the legal proceedings then? So how long did it take from putting your offer in to moving into your house? I still can't believe that it takes as long as it does. Yeah, in this day and age, it shocks me. Yeah. Um, we I think it took us about twelve weeks, which was really reasonable in hindsight, but at yeah. the time, did not feel it. Cause yeah. I was like pestering. People yeah, all the me time. too. And for me, it was like it. The weight didn't bother me. I wouldn't mind if someone had said to me, "You're not going to move in for six months, but you definitely will." Yeah. It's the fact that during the whole time it could fall through for any reason at yeah. any time you know you know searches and all these things there's so much room for something to go wrong yeah um we ended up going with an online um solicitor in the end who were really good mm. couldn't fault and all of our sort of legal stuff went through went through like i say an, an, an online thing it was just the searches and things that i just couldn't make sense of how no. they were taking so yeah. long like a land search basically is just looking to see if there's any like any buildings coming up near yet development yeah. And that takes three weeks to come back at it. Like sometimes, our biggest frustration was with the seller solicitor, yeah. who was a joke. Like yeah. I think there was about four Fridays on the run. He used to phone me, phone me at four fifty five, leave a voicemail like ready to complete, call me back right now. Yeah. So I'd call him back that second, and he'd be like, "Oh, he's gone home now," and he couldn't get in touch with them for love. Them, it was yeah. so frustrating. Um, in the end, we because you're relying on their solicitor talking to your solicitor, and, just, and everything's and got everything's, to be like a, it can't be an yeah. email. It's got to be a letter and all yeah. of these things. So, in the end, it was you know it was stressful, but we ended up completing on a Monday morning, and we'd actually just got off a flight. We'd been in Turkey for a week, so again, yeah. go on holiday in your house. Stuff will, will happen for you. But yeah. we got off the plane, and when I turned my phone on, I'd had the email saying like you've completed, you can come and get your keys. And I don't know how you felt, but like it just felt like such an anti like climax. Yeah. Like I was imagining like trombones and balloons yeah. and all like, Ooh, it's happened, but no, it's literally it literally is. Okay, it's your house now. Bye. Yeah. So you how know. long did that hold? So it was twelve weeks. Oh, twelve weeks, yeah. give or take a couple of days. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a very long time. Yeah. See what what would mine been? Um, we put the offer in on the first of June and we moved in on I think like the thirtieth of August. Yeah, so, I think yeah, ours was similar. Spot, ours yeah. was June. We put the offer in because, like I say, he was yeah, away. Yeah, so twelve weeks. We yeah. moved in about the third of September, I think, around yeah. then. But we were quite lucky because we had no chain. We'd moved yeah. from a rental, and our Same. buyer yeah. had actually the house was empty, 
yeah, our buyer same. had already moved to, to Dublin or wherever she'd gone, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's what was even more frustrating. I was like, the yeah, house that's what is we empty. Need. Yeah, we were like, there's no one living yeah. there. She's not there anymore. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, both 12 weeks, which felt like a long time, but in hindsight, you know, it wasn't too bad. But it's just, like I say, no one tells you what to expect and yeah. at what point you're going to get this information and that information. Yeah. So it's just, it's hard. So... I know you mentioned it was a bit of an anti-climax, but how exciting was it to move into your house? How did you celebrate pizza on the carpet, that sort of thing? Yeah, well, no, it, I say anti-climax, it, it wasn't. It was, it was brilliant. So we got back to Liverpool at about 11, went straight to the estate agents, um, come in with the keys, and it was just like, oh my God, this is our house. Yeah. And then we went back to my mum and dad's house because what we'd done is before we'd gone on the holiday, we'd gone to B&Q and we'd stockpiled on all the living room paint and the first jobs that we needed so we went to get all of that, brought it all back, and my parents came over with a bottle of champagne, yeah. chippy on the floor, which was lovely. Yeah. Um, and then we were actually going away on holiday again the following Friday. So Guy had that. Oh, you got a lot of holidays. We were busy that. last year, honestly, <laughs> we really were. But, um, so Guy had the three days off work in between. Yeah. So he was like, right, I'm just going to do the living room, which is this whole open plan space we've got now. So it was so exciting. I'd leave for work in the morning yeah. and it would look one way, and I'd come back and it'd be completely mm-hmm. different. And then went to Ikea the next weekend you start getting it's, it's just the yeah, best thing ever it's like, so you know, exciting yourself. isn't it ours are similar like um, we moved in at like the start of uh, September and I had like one of my biggest shows at the yeah. NEC like in the end of September so I went away for like that week and I was like fine like the windows were like out and like being refitted yeah. and stuff like that and I came back and it looked entirely different and then again I went on holiday as well um during the big chunk of renovations where we had workers come in to yeah. renovate the kitchen and stuff so when I left it looked one way and when I came back it looked another so it was yeah really like exciting times to just see it, it develop so so did you have much work to do? Did you do a lot of reno- renovations? To be fair, we were really lucky in that, no, we didn't have any sort of structural work to do mm-hmm. in the first instance. We have got a bit of damp and things like that that we sorted out, but it was mostly decoration. Our sort of big reno work is starting this year. We're doing the bathroom, the kitchen and the extension, hopefully. Um, but no, it was all decorative, but we were, like I say, lucky. It was a proper clean slate. So we just went, went yeah. to town on it. But I think what I've learned the hard way is again like I said earlier I'm like I want it and I want it now and yeah. I was just doing everything throwing paint up getting getting furniture and there was so much I would have done differently if I had to just yeah. waste a bit longer that I've yeah. gone back and fixed stuff I did in like the first two or three weeks mm-hmm. uh, so what I'd say is just like you know you need to live in the space before you start making these decisions about what you're going to do at this room what you're going to do there yeah that's such whether a it's point. something small like a chair or whether it's something big like knocking a wall through until you've lived it and you've moved around yeah. and then you've just you've been had your stuff in there you just yeah. don't know so I'd say definitely wait at least three, six months, maybe even longer before doing anything. That's true, actually. We moved in when we first got the keys in, like, very early September. And then um, it was, I think it was November when I I went to Hong Kong to visit my sister who was studying out there. And uh, we moved out for, um, from just before I went away for six weeks. Mm. But I think the two months that we were living in the space as it was, like, previously yeah. we could tell we could see that like the kit the the living room and the dining room had a massive great big wall in between and like we wanted to make it open plan yeah. it was so obvious that wall needed to be knocked down oh yeah, yeah and like we had like a little like cupboard right by the front door that had just like coats and stuff like that but it was like built in like a wall and it just it didn't bring any natural light yeah. to the corridor so we were like that's got to go and i think it was we but we couldn't make those decisions 100 percent until we'd lived in it for like yeah, two months definitely, so definitely. for us like i think i completely agree like you can have a plan and idea but i think until you live 
live in it. You're absolutely right, yeah, you can't. Exactly. And th- there's things for me now that I think like, oh, would I actually have chosen that? Like if I wasn't 100%. pressured in the situation? Yeah. Or would I have done well, that bit differently? Get you're excited and you think, oh, yeah. I need to get... This so you could just get any, you know, Yeah, whatever. get anything. And sometimes you don't make the right decisions. But I think that's all part of like, you know, it's all new, isn't it? Oh, so you, gotcha. you're never going to be like you know, making the most perfect decisions every time. So Yeah, um, and you've got to be realistic as well because it's all good and well saying, oh, I want this to look nice here and that to look nice there. But storage, you know, you need to figure yeah. out where you're going to put stuff like, I don't know, where we put our hoover and our, like, yeah. and stuff. Like, that's a big, like, what, what on yeah. earth? But, um, yeah, like I say, just being in it and figuring yeah. out how much stuff you have. Because you, I'm sure you were the same. You underestimate how much stuff, much you, stuff have. you have. We, we always say totally. now, how did all of this fit into our two-bedroom flat mm-hmm. when it feels that we haven't even got enough space in, in the whole house? Yeah. But yeah, it's just working out, isn't it, really? Yeah, no, definitely. So obviously there's quite a big financial pressure like when you first move in. Obviously you had quite a lot from the flat as well. There's obviously new furniture mm-hmm. and decoration mm-hmm. that you want to do. Um, how did you kind of fund it? Was it just through like your income as you had at the time to be able to fund the renovations? Did you have any savings yeah, for renovating or bit of both. Or like I said, we, we were sort of in a position where... The income that we had, we had to replenish the wedding fund that we'd sort of yeah. to move into the house. Uh, but we were quite clever when it came to sort of like credit cards and finance. Yeah. So I'm terrible when it comes to money. Like I'll hold my hands up, but guys, really, really good. If it was up to me, I'd have got the card and spent it on ASOS. But he was sort of like, you know, <laughs> we think we got a loan out actually, like a home improvement loan that we're still paying off a bit now, but yeah. just a little bit every month. Yeah. That gave us access to a couple of thousand pounds just to get what we yeah. needed to get done. Done. So we've got the sofa on finance, obviously things like the paint. Um, yeah. Like you say, a lot of the furniture came from the flat, but a lot of it didn't. Yeah. Um. So the loan paid for pretty much all of that, which yeah. got us living in the space. It should be paid off in the next couple of months. Yeah. It's not a lot, but it yeah. just made it more manageable because, especially if you've maybe been living with your parents and you haven't got like a bank of stuff already. Yeah you do need like a, a pot somewhere to start from it's the little things you forget like an iron and an ironing board and you think yeah oh, well hang on that's 50 quid that i don't bloody hell and, and yeah. going from there so that's what we did really we got access to, to a little a yeah little we're the same we used um, a zero percent credit card to pay yeah. for our kitchen so we put literally like the whole of the like the units and stuff like that and then um we we borrowed some money from dan's mum and dad to um pay for the actual labor for yeah. that to actually be put in and stuff um but we'd rather do that and pay off like family and stuff month yeah. after month than then you know um put ourselves into our overdrafts or anything like that yeah, so i think there's plenty of options out there that you can even if you yeah. go into a little bit of debt to do something around the house yeah you don't realize that straight away what you've done is put the value of your house up, up yeah so when it comes to like two years down the line or whenever you if you want to remortgage you can get that cash straight back out really yeah. to repay people to pay off that cars and you end up back to square one you know yeah. financially so it does make sense if you if you can be uh you know strict with yourself and if you yeah. can tell yourself you're only going to spend what you need to spend really because like i say if it was up to me it would be like holidays yeah. and, and clues yeah. but guys got guys got control of those cards but if, like i say <laughs> if you can be sensible yeah and realistic about what you can afford to pay back every month there's no point saying oh we'll get the kitchen on finance it's going to be 500 pounds a month if you can't yeah, afford no. it you know but if it's because you've got to think about everything month, else that's coming out you know if you're paying off a sofa finance if you're oh paying off the mortgage God, yeah, council exactly. tax like bills like it all soon adds up and you don't want to commit yourself to something extra that you can't then yeah, afford. and if you don't need it, you know, it's, it's all these things yeah. need versus wants. And a lot of what we've done with our houses, it has been, you know, on a budget really, like yeah. while we wait till we have got access, yeah. we pay, till we pay like the first chunk of things off, we yeah. can't do the next chunk of things. That's where we're at now. Yeah. So mine's like totally bare at the moment in terms of decoration. Like it's just pretty much white walls, mm. you know, the minimum, like minimalistic furniture at the moment because, you know, we're still trying to make sure that we can pay 
pay everything oh, yeah, off and stuff like and that. And decor's so. fun because like yeah. any decorative bits, like you know, candles, prints, all yeah. of this stuff. I don't think, for me, from like an interior perspective, I don't think it looks good or serves any purpose if you think, right, go into Ikea to get to Hermitian now. Yeah. Because you just end up with tat. Yeah. I think anything like that is your personal touches that you pick yeah. up along the way. So we get a lot of, every time we go abroad, we'll pick up a print from a museum and we'll put that up. Uh, you know, things that we've been given as like wedding gifts, Christmas gifts from family, and they all become sort of like, everything's got a story rather than being yeah. just like, I've just got it for the sake of getting it. And that's the yeah. fun bit, really. No, I completely agree. Um, so did you always know you wanted to decorate your home the way you have? And where do you get your inspiration from? No, I didn't. Like I say, our flat was very sort of Scandinavian, minimal. Yeah. We had like the whole green sofa, wooden shelves and all that going mm. on. And I loved it at the time. Um, and it was definitely suited to us. But like I say, having your own home, you really can do whatever you want. And I had Pinterest boards with all like grey living rooms and silver this and gold yeah. that. And I just thought, everyone's doing it. Like, yeah. it's only paint. I can change it. Why not have a bit of fun? I'm only yeah. you know, 25 when I moved in. Like I say, we haven't got kids. We can be a bit wild. Um, and I always found like, when we've been on holiday or been out, bars, restaurants and hotels their interiors were just like everything yeah. for me i love it when it's really sort of looks um, almost quite grungy and dark yeah. um textures like sort of the brick the velvet and all mm-hmm. things like that and that's where i got all my inspiration from really mm-hmm. um hotels we've stayed in and just sort of yeah going against the minimalist and going for a bit of a maximalist type yeah. theme uh, but bearing in mind our house is still quite small so that's where that's when it all came together really mm-hmm. i thought i'm gonna push it as far as i can and, and go for the dark yeah. and with the green, obviously, which is, like, the main thing everyone had said to us when we had the idea to do it, they were like, a green, wow, no, yeah. no, it's going to be awful. Yeah. And my mum and dad have come and said, no, actually, it's really, really nice. <laughs> and I have seen loads of things popping up on, like, H&M Home, and it's, it's coming to be a trend. And yeah. I'm not You're saying I started it, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think we'd, we'd, we'd looked and we'd sort of decided on the green, and then we went looking for a green sofa to match everything else, and it, it just sort of came from there, really. Yeah. Well, it looks amazing. Thank you. So, how has your Instagram account grown over the past year? What do you hope the future looks like for Emerald Terrace? You know, where you put on stuff? I don't know, to be honest. It's, it's crazy, like, with it being an interiors account, sometimes Guy laughs and says, I can't believe there's, like, 6,000 people yeah. looking at the sofa where I lie hungover on a Sunday morning and picking <laughs> me nose, you know? Um, but like I say, I started about 15 months ago, um, and I've just posted sort of frequently I think has been the main thing when I've when I can commit to posting every single day I can see more growth for sure yeah. hashtags have been a major thing for me um and I think it's really only in the last like three months or so I've seen it massively go from like a thousand to six thousand in, in yeah. a really short space of time in terms of follower numbers um but it's been completely organic the growth which has been lovely mm-hmm. in terms of the future if it just keeps growing I'd be I'd be really happy with yeah. that like I said earlier I've been so lucky to work with really good brands uh, making a bit of money off the back of posted times but a lot of the time just getting gifted gorgeous yeah. furniture and pieces and things like that and working with brands that I, I love like I've worked with made.com recently which has been like a that's a dream a, such a pinch me yeah. moment I know because I said to God, like I never you know never thought I'd be here but it's you know it's it's crazy and it's a lot of fun to do on the sides and like I say it keeps me motivated to to keep up with the house mm-hmm. and keep going and on the weekends when I can't be bothered maybe due to that extra bit of DIY and yeah so that, yeah. that's how it's sort of grown for me amazing thanks so much for chatting about your house we're gonna move on to some questions just about adulting and your <laughs> 20s I don't um, know the answers I don't think <laughs> because 
obviously this is the podcast about life in your 20s and, and whilst obviously you've done amazing things with your house there's a lot of other stuff that has been mm-hmm. obviously been going on obviously you got married uh-huh. recently as well um, and obviously you work full time and been like excelling in your career um, so I've been asking everyone this but what would you say is your biggest adulting disaster or fail? Um, it's probably one that everyone says but I just wish that I'd always tried to be a bit more sensible when it comes to money. Yeah. Um, like I've said so many times <laughs> in this podcast, I think if it wasn't for being married to Guy, I think I would be like literally homeless at this point. But <laughs> yeah, I think I've always been of the mentality, like get it, spend it. Yeah. Um, I think I look back to when I was living at home and working full time and all the opportunities that I could have saved a bit more or it maybe, you know, spent a bit better. But then I also have the days when I think, well, I'm gone. I had, to, I had a ball doing yeah. it. I had a ball going on holiday and like buying all these clothes and, and going on nights out. So I think, yeah, that's probably been my biggest technical fail. I could probably have done a bit better yeah. there. But then at the same time, you don't does, it, it. does it really matter? The answer yeah. is I like. Absolutely. Um, so is there anything that holds you back in life in general? Um, it's a tough, really it's tough question. Tough one, I'm a very anxious person. I suffer with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been, you know... I've been really good with that lately. Um, mm. That used to hold me back quite a bit in terms yeah. of like, you know, just feeling anxious and crappy and not wanting to do things. Mm-hmm. But something that's really helped me out of that and a lot of other people I know is exercise. Yeah. And I still hate the gym and I don't ever want to go for a run mm-hmm. and I don't want to eat healthy and I don't want to do these things. But yeah. from experience, I know that mm-hmm. that's the only thing that sort yeah. of keeps me level-headed. Do, do you think that having your house, because I, I'm also the same with anxiety, used to suffer really bad um, when I was doing my teacher training in particular, but do you find that like having your home and having the security of knowing that it's yours and you're not worrying about paying someone rent and things like that, does that make, because it definitely makes me feel better about the situation that, you know, I have my home to go back to and it's my place and it's my like... Yeah, it's not so much that. My mum used to always say to me, you know, the feeling when you put your key in, it's in the door and it's your home. I've never really got that. Yeah so much but what does make me feel definitely reassured is like i bought the house and i've just got married i don't have to save for anything like yeah. that again you know yeah. hopefully which is which is definitely a reassurance but i think having having the house probably helped me more in the fact that it's i've got space i've got outside space yeah. you know i've lived in that flat for two and a half years i didn't have a garden i didn't have anywhere to go it was so small in yeah. hindsight and i don't think that helps you know when yeah. you're feeling a bit Oh, yeah, I I get the worst cabin fever as well. Yeah, I'm definitely. dreading this isolation. No, me too. Thing. Me too. But I think yeah, ba- being in the flat did not help me in the slightest. Yeah, with it's like you said yeah. as well. Mine was the same in terms of daylight, and yeah. the lack of daylight could not have been healthy, especially no. in the summer. You know, I'd catch maybe an hour of daylight at most. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think being here, having a little bit more space, having an outside area, garden yard. Is, is, is does wonders and obviously yeah. where I am now in my Starby there's a park on my doorstep so sometimes it's just nice to go out for like a little stroll or wander into the village and I think yeah. that is really nice to sort of help you not feel sort of cooped up and, and in one space and get in your head too much yeah no definitely um so what one piece of advice would you give to your 20 year old self I think I just tell myself to stop worrying Mm. Um, you know, you can say all these things like, oh, try a bit harder in uni or yeah. save a bit more money. No, because, you know, I've ended up where I've ended up and that's all good. But like I say, I've been anxious for as long as I can remember mm-hmm. and worrying about everything like, you know, oh, you know, from stupid stuff like, will I get a boyfriend ever? Like, yeah. well, like it's funny, I'm married now, like I would never have seen <laughs> that, you know. What will I end up doing with my life? And it, it just all works out. I think if I could give advice to anyone, just like chill and enjoy yeah. it because I'm sure you know yourself 
I would give anything to go back to being 20, yeah, you know, in absolutely. uni, having a ball, going yeah. out all the time. And it's sad to think that they were paid at that time in my life that I was just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. When now I think, oh, it's good. I can go back for a week of that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So we're going to end this podcast, which has been really fantastic, by the way. But um, we're going to end this podcast with some quick fire questions. There's no <laughs> right or wrong answer. Oh God. Just answer the first thing that um, comes into your head. So um, white or brown bread? White. White all the time. Yeah. Red or white wine? Red. I've uh, got a stockpile of McNine bottles there in the corner for coronavirus. <laughs> for coronavirus. <laughs> Chocolate or cheese? Cheese. Uh, favorite kids TV program of all time? Oh, it's too. Uh, I can't think. <laughs> oh my god, I don't think I've gone blank. Mine's like Tracy Beaker. I used to watch it on. Repeat. I wasn't allowed to watch Tracy Beaker. <laughs> my mum used to say to me, "Oh, when you watch it, you get an attitude. It's too naughty." So I wasn't allowed to watch it. So <laughs> actually, that might be one of my favorites. <laughs> what one item would you take to a desert island, and why? Oh, me phone, you know, I, like I, I hate to say it, but I just can't live without it. So yeah, yeah me phone. You can bring everyone, shop on it, you know, do all these things. Post pictures of um, um, yeah, the house. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any pet peeves? Oh my god, I've got so many pet peeves. My biggest one at the moment is my husband has got size ten feet <laughs> and twelve pairs of Doc Martens that are all over the floor, all over <laughs> my house. Trip over them all the time. So it's yeah, shoes on the floor. It just winds me up. <laughs> no end. Uh, what's the biggest misconception people have about you? I get a lot of people saying to me, oh, you know, when I first met you, I thought you were a bitch, but you're actually really nice. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a compliment. You no. know, so I, I don't think I come across like that. I think I'm quite friendly, but I have had a lot of people say to me, oh, you're actually, you're actually really nice. I'm like, oh, thanks. Oh, well, I didn't have that opinion. Of Thank you. Me, but, but, um, but yeah, so what's the worst thing about owning a house? Um, oh, the fact that anything that goes wrong is your problem to problem. deal with. So yeah. you'll know yourself from renting. If the boiler breaks, just rings you one ring on the other side. Yeah. If my boiler breaks, it's like two grand. Like, oh yeah. my God. So yeah, that's <laughs> the utmost worst thing about owning a house. And lastly, what's the best thing about owning a house? The fun and freedom to just do whatever you want with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. It's oh, been amazing you. to have you on the podcast. It's been amazing to see Emil Terrace. Thank you. Um, and I'm sure that lots of people will have found it really useful to hear your experience of saving and buying and renovating. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That's the Talk 20s podcast with me, Gabby Mendez. Subscribe now so you don't miss out.